chapter number one. Hebrews chapter number one. We're going to finish the first chapter today. We'll do more this week than we did the previous two all in one, and maybe in a shorter time span than what we did with those as well. And so Hebrews chapter number one this morning, Hebrews one, I had someone come up to me first service and they're like, Pastor, didn't you preach this two weeks ago? I'm like, no, I don't think so. And so, no, it was Jesus better than the prophets was two weeks ago. And they were going to see that Jesus is better than the angels. Now, you're going to have to bear with me today. I, um, earlier this week on Thursday afternoon, I got a wonderful, I had a tooth break off that, um, a, it was a root canal tooth that broke off and the stubborn thing didn't want to come out. So you know how sometimes you like picture, you know, or you see an old thing and literally the dentist had his hand under my jaw and was trying to break the tooth for over an hour. And it took a while to get the thing to break and it finally came out. And then they drilled and put an implant in into my jaw. And then there's 10 stitches in my mouth. And so that was Thursday afternoon. So, yeah. So one of the things that's interesting, you appreciate and you see... When you, when you have some pain, and I don't live in pain. I really rarely have pain. But it makes you think of those that do, like I think of Russ. And like my brain is focusing on this mouth hurting and not whatever. And my brain doesn't run at optimum performance very often. So it's really not running at optimum performance this morning. So if you're like, Pastor wasn't on his A game this morning, that's probably going to be the case. But that's where I just hope the Holy Spirit steps in and he gets us where we need to be and you get what you need through the message. And so... And they gave me pain medicine, but I didn't want to have that in me when I preach. There's just something I didn't want that. I didn't know what I'd say or do this morning. So I thought, this afternoon I'll take it and be ready to go by tonight. But, so if you say, Pastor, this doesn't seem quite right, that's all that is, but I am fine. That's my famous line right there, I am fine. And so, Hebrews chapter 1, look with me down at verse number 4. Being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they... For which cause of the angel, for which of the, wow, for unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, And let all the angels of God worship him. And the angels, he said, who maketh his angels spirits. And of the angels, he said, who maketh, let's read that over again, verse 7. And of the angels, he said, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are in the works of thy hands. They shall perish but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them, who shall be heirs? of salvation. Father, we need you this morning, and I love you. I thank you for today and for the opportunity we have to be in your house. Pray that you'd guide us this morning, that you'd meet with us today. As we look at this passage of Scripture, and as we look a little closer at some things, 
I pray that you'd help us and guide us. We need you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We talked about a couple weeks ago the fact that the book of Hebrews is written to believers. It's interesting to me that believers need to be reminded that Jesus is better than anything else. You know, because what I think happens is we as Christians, and we look through the book of Hebrews, we see the fact that these people, these saved people, these Jews, they were not growing spiritually. They were kind of, and that's where in the middle of the book it says, let us move on to spiritual maturity. And I think what was hindering them in their spiritual walk was the fact that they were searching other places for something better. And may I just remind you this morning as we get ready to dive in here, that you will not find anything better than Jesus. And once you've found Jesus, you've found all that your soul has longed for. There's nothing else that you need in life. With Jesus, you are good. And yet people keep searching for all these other things. And there, you don't need anything else. If you've got Jesus, everything else is good. It's like that song in our songbook. It's just Jesus and me for each tomorrow, for every heartache and every sorrow. I know I can depend upon my new found. It's Jesus and me. That's good enough. You don't need anything else. And so as we look at this today, we looked at a couple weeks ago the fact that Jesus is better than the prophets. And we mentioned the fact that he's the heir of all things, he's the creator of all things, he's the radiance of God's glory, he's the exact representation of his Father, he's the sustainer of the universe, he's the redeemer of mankind, and he rules the universe. He is better than all the prophets combined. Now today we're going to look at angels. Angels are very interesting. And a lot of people have a lot of thoughts when it comes to angels. And there's a lot of thoughts out there. I looked on Google. I just typed in angels. And if you were to look at images and articles, over 3.7 million popped up. And there's so many different thoughts when it comes down to angels. And when we think about angels, we don't, I didn't have time to go through all 3.7 million of those. I should have done that instead of going to the dentist, but that didn't happen that way. But part of the problem is we see TV shows and things, and we get ideas of angels, like this show, Touched by an Angel. Anybody remember that one, When You Walk Down the Road? And they had that little song at the beginning there. And was this a bad show? It was a pretty clean show overall. But, and, you know, did the angels help? Yes. But it didn't portray God in a true light. And it also portrayed angels as humans. And they're not humans. There's a difference. We'll talk about this later on today, but that's part of our problem. Also, angels are not chain-smoking, hard-drinking womanizers like John Travolta in the movie about Michael the Archangel. That's not how it really is. They are not, that's not a good portrayal of Michael the Archangel. And if you, I've never seen the movie, I've heard of it. If you've seen the movie, you need to find better movies to watch than ones like that. But anyways, there's that there. And the other thing that I want to remind you about this morning is angels are not humans that have died waiting to get their wings. This is probably my, one of my favorite. How many of you, every Christmas, you watch this movie? I do every year. This is by far Probably my favorite movie of all time. I, and how many, of you have, how many of you don't even know what it is? Anybody in the room today? Maria Fashay doesn't, and you, Leo, you don't know what, anyone else? Vincent, a few of you? It's a wonderful life. So it is, and that's Clarence. Clarence is trying to get his wings. And at the end, and so every time a bell rings, an angel doesn't get its wings. That is made up, okay? 
But what, and this, and if you haven't seen this movie, I recommend you see it. It's a good one. It's, it's good. And it will help you put perspective on life. It's good. I like it. Old, it's amazing. A lot of the old movies like that, there's actually a good moral story behind it, where today there are no morals in the stories. But anyways, we'll leave that out, and we'll just continue on this morning. This, but what I want you to understand is, we have an improper view of what angels are. And our society doesn't help us with that. When we look at it and we think about it, this letter was written to believers, and it was written to them to remind them that Jesus is better than the angels. But there are those out there in that day that thought that Jesus was a great angel or top of the angel chain. There are cult-like groups today that view Jesus as the top angel, which we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes this morning. There are churches today that have brought in a new age philosophy. And Duncan, you're from up north and uh, that area. Bethel Church, that's, in your, that's where you grew up in that area there. Bethel Church, they, they, they put out some good songs about the Lord, but their doctrine is completely crazy. And this new age channeling, they use the word channeling spirit guides. And you've got to be very careful about all of that stuff. And yet there are many Christians that follow that garbage. And you've got to understand something. Channel, you say, well, what are, those, what are those spirit guides, those angels they call them? I don't think those are angels of God. Because the ministers of God don't do the things that they say that these channeling spirits do. So well, who are they? What's your opinion? My opinion is they're demons, fallen angels. They don't do, because the angels of God, they minister as God leads them. So when you have these spirits, these, um, what's, these spirit guides, some call them avatars even, you have them, it's nothing more than demonic forces at work. You've got to be very careful about those things. So we're not new. You know, it wasn't just a problem with angels back years ago. It's still this way today. You know, the Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses both teach that Jesus is the highest created angel. And just that, an angel. The highest created angel. So we live amongst a lot of people that have a wrong view when it comes to Jesus Christ. And I want you to know something. Jesus is more than just another angel. Why is it important for us to realize that Jesus is better? Because when we don't, when we don't, we go searching other places. Like, let me give you an example. I do believe that in that Bethel church and those following that New Age philosophy, I do believe there are saved people there. But they are not growing in the Lord. You know why? Because they're off trying to find some newfangled thing. They're off after this New Age, this spirit channeling and all that. You're not going to be growing in the Lord trying to find another spirit. It's messing people up. And so that's why it's so important. We've got to realize you don't need to go. So, you have Jesus. You don't need to go someplace else. Just like the prodigal son, the prodigal son, the parent. And I know there are people out there, that's about salvation. You can be wrong. That's fine. I don't, you can be wrong. I'm the one preaching. You're not. It's a son. It's a son. It's not a lost person. It's a son. The son decides he's going to go out from his father, and he's going to go live his life, and it's going to be better away from his father. He goes, he wastes all that he has, and then he comes to himself and remembers, hey, even my servants, they have it better in my dad's house than me. I'm going to go back and just be a servant. 
The man went out, the son went out and saw there was nothing better, wasted it all, and he came back and he was welcomed back. Hey, you don't need to go waste your time on anything else. You don't need to waste your time on any prophets, on any angels, any new age philosophy. You need to just stick with Jesus Christ. Why is Jesus better than the angels? Number one, as we dive in, I already skipped a verse. Let's go back to that first verse, Job 38, verse number 7. Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It says, When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, did you know that angels were created before humans were? They were. But I want you to understand, angels were created. Did you know that Lucifer was created? Michael created, Gabriel created. They were created before humans were. May I also tell you that Jesus was never created. He is the creator. So to put Jesus on the level of an angel is to put him on the level of a created being. And he was here before. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I'm going to give you five reasons this morning why Jesus is better than angels. Number one, we see Jesus is better because he is the Son. As we look at our text, go back with me to verse number four and five. It says, Being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by an inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. We'll look at verse five there in a minute. You know, we know some of the names of the angels. We know Michael, whose name means who is like God. He's God's mighty angel. But you know, Jesus is not just mighty. He is the Almighty. There's Gabriel, and Gabriel's name means God is great, and he acts as a messenger of God. But Jesus is the Word. He is the message. Lucifer, which means morning star, and you think about him, he was a created, most majestic angel prior to his fall. But Jesus is the bright and morning star. He's better. And did you know, we look at the angels, there are names given for them. But do you know in the Word of God, there are over 256 names given for Jesus? I would say that Jesus has a more excellent name than Michael. He has a more excellent name than Gabriel. He has a more excellent name than Lucifer. His name is Jesus, and his name, and he shall be great, and God will give him a name that's above every name, and at the name of Jesus, every name is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is better today because he has a better name. Not only does Jesus have a better name, but as we look here, we see that he is the Son of God. Look at verse number 5. It says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. As we look at these things, which angel is called the son of God? Now do you know angels were called sons of God? If you look in the book of Job, Job chapter number 1, talks about in verse number um, 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came among them. Do you see the fact there that the sons of God, that is in reference to angels that would minister. The sons of God came before the Lord. Chapter 2 of Job says the same thing. Verse 1, again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. So you see that the angels are called sons of God. Now, what the author of the book of Hebrews does for the rest of the chapter, he takes seven portions from the Old Testament. Now, think with me for a minute. 
you got to understand that this is written to the Jews, right? So Old Testament's going to really resonate with them. So the author of Hebrews here goes back to the Old Testament to give them verses mainly from the book of Psalms and the life of David to portray and show us that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you notice there in verse number 5, it says, For unto which of the angels said in any time, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten thee. That comes from Psalm 2, verse number 7. The Bible says, I will declare the decree, the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as we look here and we see these things, what angels ever been called the Son of God? None. They're called the sons of God. Now let's think this morning. You and I, we sang a song this morning, I'm a child of God. We are children of God this morning, right? Now, let's make sure we get something straight. This world says everyone is a child of God. That is false. In order to be a child of God, you must be born again. We must be adopted into God's family. say, well, when someone enters into this world, aren't they children? No, they're not children of God. Children of wrath? We're dead? We are separated from God. And the Bible makes that clear. So when we get saved, we are adopted into God's family. So it is a right thing to say that you and I that are saved are sons and daughters of God. But we are not the only begotten son. Jesus has a rank and a level that none of us will ever obtain because he is God in the flesh. We are adopted in and we're given all the rights and privileges that the son has, but he's on a level on his own. You see, this morning, you have God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They're up here on their own. No one is near there. You would put the angels down here. You put man here. And as we look at those things, that's the order that it was set up. Angels are more powerful than people. That's why you need the Spirit of God to fight those evil spirits and the addictions and things in life. Because you're not powerful enough on your own. And the angels are not more powerful than God. Because remember in the book of Daniel where the angel couldn't get where they needed to go? And the Lord rebuked... And think about when Moses' body... That's the one I was thinking of. The Lord rebuke you. Because Satan's powerful. But Satan's not more powerful than God. But I want you to understand, not one time, not one angel's been put as the Son of God. There's only one Son of God, and it's Jesus Christ. The second quotation there in that verse 5 comes from 2 Samuel chapter number 7, verse 14. And I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. Now that verse, you might not even get what it's all saying there, but 2 Samuel chapter 7, David is given a promise that his kingdom would last forever. And this verse is talking about the coming of Christ through his line someday. And so as we look here this morning, say, why is Jesus better because, than an angel? Because no angels have the relationship with God as Jesus does, because he is the Son of God. Number one, we see that Jesus is better because he's the Son. Number two, we see that Jesus is better because he is worthy of worship. Look at verse number six. It says, and again, when he bringeth in the firstborn, first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. Again, the third quote from the book of Psalms comes from Psalm 104. In verse number um, 4, it says, And of the angels, he said, Who maketh his angels minister, or who, 
Actually, that's further down. I'm not there yet. Sorry. We're on number two. I skipped to number three. That's the anointed one. Go back, Joe. Go back to number two for me. So he's worthy of worship, as we see there in verse number six. And it says, let all the angels of God worship him. That term firstborn or only begotten. Do you remember the only begotten? Think of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It has to do with the, the relationship between God and Jesus. And because of that, Jesus is worthy of worship. Do you remember when he was born? Born. He already lived. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He created everything. But do you remember when he was born? Luke chapter 2, verse 13 tells us, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Do you see how all the angels praised Jesus? Do you realize someday we're all going to stand before him? Revelation chapter number 5, in verse number 11 and 12 says, And I beheld and I heard the voice of, do you see, first of all, many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. The elders are the saved people. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. And thousands of thousands sang with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And someday, when we're with the Lord up there, all the angels, all those, those four beasts, all of us saved people will be there and we'll all be worshiping and praising God because He made us. We'll be worshiping Jesus because He is worthy of our praise. Do you remember over and over again how there were different, um, even the book of Revelation, John bowed down before an angel and they're like, get up, don't worship us, worship God. And yet when you see someone fall down and worship Jesus, you don't hear Jesus say, hey, hey, get back up. No, you should worship Jesus. Jesus is worthy of worship, but no one else is. Because he's worthy of it because he is the creator. He's God today. He is worthy you see, people have, I had someone ask me a while back, they have a bunch of little fig, angel figurines. Pastor, are those angel figurines, are they bad to have? Let me give you a little thought. Are you worshiping your angel figurines? Oh. If you're worshiping your angel figurines, you might want to get rid of them. That might be a good idea. It's, you say, it's a graven image. People are, some people are against nativity scenes. Things like that. This, if you're against them and God's convicted you, don't have them. And if you're worshiping them, get rid of them. But if it's just a little figurine that you like to collect, more power to you. I'd really, it doesn't, but if you're, if they're just, people get so out of whack about all that stuff. And, it, and if the Lord convicts you you shouldn't do something, then don't do it. But just because God convicts you not to do something doesn't mean someone else has to do what you do to, in order to be right with God. Because that's not how it works. Your standard and your conviction doesn't make you any closer to God than someone else. And it's not your job to make everyone do things the way you do it. But, but that's the thing. If I know someone that bothers them, I might not have that in my house when they come over. You know, I had someone a couple of years ago, we put a Christmas tree in church. I know, oh, big deal. And someone said, Pastor, you need to remove that Christmas tree. And I said, well, come back Wednesday and see what happens. And the tree was still there. <laughs> some people just need to get over it as well and there are times to but if you have your little figurine angels you can be okay with that alright but don't be worshipping them 
or putting them different plate. And there are people that do worship that stuff. And there is a fine line. And you need to find that fine line. But what I want you to understand this morning is we see that Paul even warned about the worship of angels in Colossians chapter number 2, verse 18, 19. He says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. This new age philosophy stuff, I think this is exactly what Paul's warning here would be a good warning for people today. And of worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not upholding the head from which all the body by joints and bands have nourishment, ministered and knit together, increased with the strength of God. And may I just remind you this morning, a real angel will urge you to worship God. A fallen angel will want you to worship them. Isn't that what the devil wanted? He wants to be worshipped as God. But he's created. He can never be God. Why is Jesus better today than the angels? Because he's the son. Because he's worthy of our worship. Number three, because he's the anointed. He's the anointed. We look at verse 7 through 9 here. It says, And of the angels he said, Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. You, and we see the Bible tells us, and we see the third quotation comes from Psalm 104, verse number 4. Who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire. Do you see how angels are his ministers? Do you see that? They do the Lord's work. They're his ministers. Jesus is not God's minister, his servant. He is God and shares the throne of God. Which angel shares the throne of God? Now we know there's one who wants the throne, right? I will be like God. I will ascend to the Most High. I will be greater than God. Isn't that what Lucifer said? And he was cast out. You see, there's only one who shares the throne with God, and it's his son, Jesus. You see, when we think about it, Psalm 45 is where the next passage comes from that was in our verses there. Verse 6 and 7 says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Do you see the fact no angel shares the throne of God? But Jesus Christ shares the throne because he is the anointed, the chosen of God. The angels are not anointed. They are ministers of God. Jesus Christ is the anointed of God. And only Satan was foolish enough to think that he could disgrace and be on God's throne when he never could because Jesus is the anointed. Say, why is Jesus better? Number four, because he's the creator. He created the angels. Verse number 10 of our text. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture thou shalt fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. You see this, and where does that come from? The next quotation comes from Psalm 102, verse 25 through 27. Of old hast thou laid the foundations of the earth, 
and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As thy vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. You see, Jesus existed before the angels did. He created them. Jesus existed before we did. He created us. Jesus existed before the world was made. He is everlasting. The angels are not everlasting. God is everlasting. He has no beginning and no end. We will never reach that with God. We have a beginning. But someday we will have no end. And thank God for that. But he's the creator. Everything here waxes old, doesn't it? I had before church today, Nick was talking to me. And he called me babyface something when he came in. And I know, he was just being, he's just jealous that he doesn't have a cute face like this. He's got an old wrinkled face, that's what I said to him. And I said, you want to call me babyface, you're just jealous because that old wrinkled face you got. I said, someday I'm going to have an old wrinkled face just like you too, because everything changes. Watching my daughter sing this morning, she told me she was always going to be my little girl. Had her sit on my lap a few days ago. She's not as little singing in my lap as she used to be. She's growing up, and I told her the other day, I'm like, I thought you promised to be my little girl forever. Oh, Dad, I have to grow up. Yeah, I guess you do. Everything changes. Everything gets older. Jesus doesn't change. He's the same. He is the creator. And lastly this morning, why is Jesus better? Number five, he's better because he's the ruler of the universe. Look at verse 13 and 14. It says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Verse 13, we find the final quotation from the book of Psalm. Psalm 110, verse number 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. If you remember two weeks ago, I told you, remember how we talked about him sitting at the right hand of God? Why is Jesus sitting? Because salvation's been complete. It's been paid for. He's sitting down because it's complete. He has nothing else to do with it. None of the angels get to sit at the right hand of God. Angels are not seated. They're serving. You see that there? Jesus is seated in honor, a sign of his superiority, where the angels minister. And look what the, look what the angels do. And this is a blessing to know. Look at verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Remember that verse about, uh, about um, entertaining angels unaware? What does God's angels do? They serve. They're here to help. They minister. There was a missionary by the name of John Patton, and he was in some um, island somewhere, and one night there were these hostile natives surrounding their mission station, and their intent was to burn down that station and get the Pattons out and kill them. They wanted to kill their family. Patton and his wife prayed all night long. And uh, as they prayed all night long, they were begging God to save them. And when daylight came, the attackers were gone and they were safe. 
A year later, the chief of the tribe there was converted to Christ. He got saved. And remembering what happened, Patton asked the chief who had kept him from burning down, why didn't you burn down, that, burn down our house and why didn't you kill us? And the chief replied in surprise, who were all those men that were with you there? Patton knew there was no men present, but the chief said he was afraid to attack because he had seen hundreds of big men in shining garments with drawn swords circling that mission station. And I think those were angels there protecting them. If we could turn off our spiritual blinders, I'm sure when we came into God's house this morning that God's angels were ministering and protecting this place. And his angels watch over us. That's what they do. Now, you might have these ideas of an angel with the big wings and the halo and everything. I picture Rambo is what I picture when it comes to an angel. That's more my idea of an angel. And, um, but what I want you to understand this morning is angels are powerful and they are awesome and they're great. But Jesus is the one who tells them what to do. Jesus is no angel. Jesus is the Son of God. And he is above them all. So don't be looking for some new age garbage to help fill your curiosity and find some spirit to channel or something like that. You have the great spirit. You have the Son of God. Don't go searching for that garbage. Look to Jesus and keep your eyes on Jesus, and you'll be just fine. Father.